This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 9, Episode 8. This is Writing Excuses. When is your hand wavium good enough? 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Howard. And the part of Dan this week will be played by the Wilhelm scream. And uh, we once again have Eric James Stone joining us. Thank you once again, Eric, for um, coming along on this ride. Thanks for inviting me. We'll try not to shoot you with a bow and arrow. Um, so, Handwavium, you pitched this one, Howard. Give us a give us a an explanation. Okay, I've heard I've heard two uh, two accounts of where the the term Handwavium comes from. The first is the uh, uh, the uh, the Star Wars reference, mm-hmm. you know, wave your hands at somebody and use the force on them. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Right. This is not the this is not the science you're looking for. Um, and the second is just that oh, it's it's powered by you know, it's just powered by waving your hands. It's just hand wavium. I'm not going to explain this. Mm-hmm. Um, you just need to believe that it works. Um, I use the term hand wavium to uh, to describe when I know my science. Uh, is not going to be supported by by numbers, um, you know. What whatever it is that I've built, if you know, if we drill down into numbers under it somewhere, it will fall apart. And so, I stand the reader far enough away from it that they can't actually look at numbers. Ah. So this is different than, for instance, like Star Trek Technobabble. Where they throw something out and you're just supposed to nod. Yes, and this say is yes. this is different. This is different than technobabble in mm-hmm. that. Well, I would no, say no, the technobabble. I would say technobabble is hand wavium, yeah. but it's not very good. Okay. Well, uh, it, it depends on the. It, I think it depends on on how the technobabble is because you can have really good technobabble. Yeah. That is, you know, that's complete garbage. I, I, anytime you're dealing with a magic system. You know, you're you're techno. You've got techno babble. Yeah, but but in those circumstances, your techno babble is going to be, well, I think it should be. You know, consistent with the other yeah. techno babble. Mm. Yes. Um, one one when, does want it to be good. Sorry, but... when I think of techno babble, I think of uh, um, reversing the polarity. Yeah, reversing the polarity. <laughs> but there were there were Star Wars scripts uh-huh. where the the story writers would get to a point in the story and they would just throw the throw a pair of brackets and say science words here. <laughs> See, I find nothing wrong with this as a writing technique. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with you there. Just depending on this type of story, you're writing hard science fiction. Yeah. You need I mean by its nature, you're well, writing I'm writing yeah. science fiction that people sometimes say is hard. Right. Um and I'm the man behind the curtain, and I can tell exactly how hard it isn't. See, but here's the thing, and I want to I make this definition. The fiction part of what you're doing, there can be, like, hard science fiction has to be fiction, science fiction inspired by real science, but it can't be real science, because if it were, we'd be doing it um, yeah. to an extent. Now, it can yeah. be really, really close, and it can be, but it's not possible right now. Right. Yeah. Um, and there, there are different gradations. Will you agree, Eric? You're, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'd be doing it if it were science fiction. So yeah. what you're doing, you are trying to use all of this correctly, but at some point, there's that gap. 
Yep. That gap is what we can't currently do, and that has to be hand wavium for almost all well, stories. I, I'll give you an example from the current uh, Schlock Mercenary arc. Um, they're in a space station that is made out of a material that has to be stronger than any known material. Um, and I am positing uh, post-transuranics. Mm -hmm. um, in science, in actual uh, you know, atomic science, they have postulated uh, the existence of islands of stability you right. know, way out past you know, element 120, 130, 150. Mm -hmm. right. um, and when I say post-transuranics, um, that was my word that suggests mm. islands of stability and I am not going to throw out an atomic number. No right. way, no how. Um, yep. I'm going to say post-transuranics. But it's important for me to say that that's what they are because one of the plot points for the story is that they're really expensive to make. Mm -hmm. Because after, and this is, where, this is where real science meets the road, anything after iron, in order to fuse, uh, fuse enough protons and neutrons together, it costs energy instead mm -hmm. of giving you energy. Um, and so the energy expenditure to get out to element 120 mm -hmm. or 150 or 230 or whatever is going to be really, really high. And I wanted to have energy budget feature into the story. See, but yeah, and, oh, go ahead, Mary. Well, and, and what that's getting to is that, that you, you need the science to be good enough to be plausible yeah. and to not break things that people will know. On my right. notes here, I actually just wrote the word plausibility mm -hmm. and kind of circled it because, and plausibility is going to depend on your audience and the type of story you're telling, which is going to inform the type of hand wavium. Yeah, I, I think one of the, the keys that I use is uh, one of Clark's laws, mm. which is, you know, fairly well known, the right. any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Mm -hmm. um, and so you can then kind of work backwards from that and say, okay, I want this really cool thing to happen. And so I'm going to say it's advanced technology. And then your techno babble comes in to explain how you have this advanced technology, transuranic islands of posts of, of stability yeah. and things like mm -hmm. that. Uh, that explains your magical ability to have this super strong material. Yeah. Now, I suppose we could kind of talk about the, the, the Star Trek techno bubble, which again, I have real, no real problem with, except for the fact that if it's not consistent with itself, yeah. that could create a larger scale problem with, um, with your own internal narrative. Yeah, one, one big thing is that you have to recognize that there is a problem and yeah. then cover it up with the techno babble. For instance, right. inertial dampeners. You know that if you've got a starship that is accelerating to light speed uh -huh. in a very short period of time, <laughs> everyone's going to be smeared into a, a spot on the back wall unless you have some way to counter that. And so inertial dampeners, it's enough to give you the idea, okay, they know there's this problem. They've come up with some technological solution. They never explain how an inertial dampener works. Right. Yes, or why no one wears seatbelts. But <laughs> yeah. they. But it is. It's very much the. Yes, we know this is there, and don't worry, we've dealt with it. Some of it, it, it when you're dealing with hand wavium, is, and and how much you have to, you know, getting into the idea of how much do you have to explain is whether or not the hand wavium that you're dealing with is something that your character has to solve, or if it's just something your character uses. 
and whether mm. or not your character understands how it works. Like these are all questions. Like if if my character has to fix an inertial dampener, then I have to have a lot more uh, thought and science. Well, you can have as much thought, but I have to have a lot more about how the inertial dampeners right. work on the page than if it's just oh yeah, you know, yeah, inertial when, dampeners. Uh, when the toughs in uh, in Schlock Mercenary were um, uh, trying to salvage uh, the the warship integrity. One of the components, one of the systems that was down was the, uh, I think we called it the DCI, the Drive Tide Compensation Inertics, um, because I didn't want to steal inertial dampeners <laughs> from Star Trek. Uh, and the effect of not having compensation for the Drive Tide is that the drive of the starship created tides within the ship that was going to break things. Um, which is just fine. And, you know, mm -hmm. that was all that needed to be said. I needed to establish there's a problem. We can't lift off yet. We'll break things. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. So let's go ahead and do our book of the week. And Mary, you're actually going to do the book of the week. I believe it's a book you read. Yes, so I narrated this. This is The Incrementalists by Stephen Bruce and Skylar White. It's narrated by two of us. Uh, Ray Porter handles uh, the male POV characters, mm -hmm. and I hand, a POV character, and I handle the female POV character. Incrementalist is the Incrementalists is really interesting because it it posits that there is a secret society that's been among us for about forty thousand years. It's only two hundred people, and they basically it it's taking that idea of racial memory and just running with it because they can pass uh, memories and communicate with each other through this collective subconscious um, and then use that to incrementally, use that collected experience to incrementally nudge human society. So really interesting uh, thought experiment and and is also a really good example of hand wavium because he has to explain how this works without explaining how it works. Excellent. Awesome. Head out to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. Start a 30-day free trial membership. Help support your favorite writing podcast. Um, unless it's not writing excuses, and then you're supporting <laughs> writing excuses instead. Um, by downloading a copy of The Incrementalists by, and I forget who the author was, I'm sorry. Stephen Bruce and Skylar White. Stephen and, Bruce and Skylar yes. White. Narrated by Mary Robinette Kowal. And, and Ray Porter. And Ray Porter. Now, looking at this whole idea of hand wavium, I actually kind of have divided it in my head into three categories. Um, because there's what initially Howard uh, mentioned, which I think we should talk about a little bit more, which is the take a few steps back. Design your story in a way that you don't have to do. Yeah. Um, you can, you can, this. There is the techno babble to fill in the holes. And then there is what I'll lovingly call the Star Wars approach, which is we don't care. Right? Yeah. Because they have um, sound in space and gravity in space. It's not that their ships have artificial gravity, because when their ships turn, you fall down um, toward yeah. the southern part of the ship. Yeah. Um, they just ignore all of this. There is no explanation, and they don't want to explain it. It's space opera. Okay. Yeah. Um, my question is, how do you decide, Howard, when you're going to give some technobabble, 
when you're going to be like, I'm going to stay away from this so we don't have to explain it. I, I will only throw, I will only throw techno babble if there is a if there is a plot reason or a joke reason. Uh, you know, those are the two things that drive schlock mercenary. If I can make a joke out of uh, somebody trying to educate somebody else about how this works, then I will. Okay. If there's a plot point to be made uh, mm-hmm. about the explanation, uh, then I will then I will make the uh, then I will make the plot point. Um, and I'm trying to think of a recent example where there's mm-hmm. been where there's been a joke about it, and uh, I can't think of one. Oh well. Do you do? Have you done all three of these, or do you do like two of them, or is one you gravitate toward, Eric? Um, basically, uh, one of the things I do is something that I think Stan Schmidt suggested to me. He was the editor of Analog, um, and that is um, you can focus focus on something that you know how to explain uh, the, the science of and explain it very clearly uh, in such a way that the reader goes, oh yeah, this guy knows what he's talking Little about. truth, big mm-hmm. lie. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then, then you can get away with mm. much less explanation of the bigger thing and, uh, and that, that allows you to get by with the techno babble because right. they now have confidence in your science ability. My, um, my approach, writing fantasy primarily, is to create the system of laws and then stay consistent with it. And I'm not even sure. I guess that's technobabble. I guess that's what they're supposed to be doing in Star Trek, what I always think they're doing um, in Star Trek, uh, though it seems like sometimes they just aren't being consistent, and you can basically do anything with the right... They, I think they just have a generator, technobabble yeah. generator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, this is what I do, and my techno babble then becomes the science of my world and things like this, and it, it works very well for me. But even still, there are times where you have to just, I learned this from Robert Jordan, you have to say, that is an interesting theory, the question you fan are asking me about how the magic works, and I will explore that someday. Which in the meantime <laughs> is really me saying, all right, time to ask Peter how this would work. <laughs> Yeah, I because I write science fiction and fantasy, I approach mm-hmm. the approach the issue pretty much the same way mm-hmm. uh, for both of them in terms of how it appears on the page. The backstage stuff is uh-huh. a little bit different because with science fiction, mm-hmm. I actually have to do the research and check with someone to make sure that it that it's real. Right. Um, with the fantasy, I just have to make sure it's internally consistent. Right. Uh, which means that my the person I am researching with is me, right? And the internal consistency often is a matter of proper foreshadowing more yes. than anything else, because you are, you know, oftentimes when this is happening, it's a moment of tension and climax. You're like, yeah. we need to do this. Hey, I made this work. If you've done your techno babble earlier in the book correctly, because it's not just babble. It's you know, y- yeah. if you've done it the right way. Then when it happens, you've said this several times in, in Shock Mercenary, when you actually have the, the climax happen, everyone's up to speed on what's going on, and they know when you make that jump of, hey, we need to do this, everyone says, yes, we need to do that. Yeah. And one of my favorite moments um, in the writing process mm-hmm. is when I am writing the climax, and I realize, oh, gosh, I need to get... I need to get this character or this prop or this whatever, mm-hmm. you know, into this circumstance or this position. And I'm just, I'm not sure how, oh, wait, if I do this, and then I realize that earlier in the in the book, I said something that totally sets that up. And I realize, oh, 
this is going to look like I'm a genius. <laughs> I'm just very, very lucky. And I, I love that moment. Um, sadly, every time that moment happens, I fail to document it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mary, writing prompt? Uh, so, for your writing prompt, um, I would like you to write some technobabble. And what I want the technobabble to explain is how turtles have hyperspace. Wow! Turtles have hyperspace. All right. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storytellers' stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like... Do you want to do a one-on-one -on -one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.